Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Emotional Millennial. I'm your host, Annie. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about something called dissociation. Wow, I that was a mouthful. Dissociation. Great. Off to a great start here. I realized that lately I've been avoiding being emotionally vulnerable. And so that's something I'm going to try and challenge myself to do. And that's kind of what led me to do another episode on something mental health related. I'm someone who's constantly thinking about the way that I'm feeling and the way that I'm behaving. And I do a lot of like constant self-reflection. And so I guess based on the last few episodes of this podcast, I saw that I was like leaning toward only more medical type stuff. And, you know, that's great. And I want to do that. But I also really want this podcast to be a space for emotional vulnerability because I think that's so important. And that's the reason why I really wanted to start this podcast. So I'm trying to challenge myself. So I'm going to start out with simply defining dissociation slash like how it can present in some people like symptoms wise. I'm going to try to keep the medical jargon to a minimum. So I apologize for that in advance if that becomes a problem. I'm going to talk about how dissociation has showed up in my life personally and how experiences that I've had have like allowed me to see that like, whoa, I have experienced that before. Um, I have a story from like my younger years, I think when I was in like in middle school or something. And then I also just have like kind of everyday life and being in medicine and how dissociation can show up there as well. I'm heading over to Mayo Clinic's website so that we can get a legitimate definition, (laughs) a real one. So I'm not just making things up. Okay. Dissociative disorders are mental disorders that involve experiencing a disconnection and lack of continuity between thoughts, memories, surroundings, actions, and identity. People with dissociative disorders escape reality in ways that are involuntary and unhealthy and cause problems with functioning in everyday life. But it can also be something that's not present like in your everyday life. There are disorders where it's a more constant thing or it's more of like really changing your life in that moment. For example, people can completely take on a new identity and have no knowledge of their the life they were living before taking on that new identity. It's actually super, super interesting. Probably just to me, though, because I'm literally interested in everything psychology. Continuing down. So these disorders usually develop as a reaction to trauma and help keep difficult memories at bay. Symptoms ranging from amnesia to alternate identities depend in part on the type of dissociative disorder you have. Treatment is like talk therapy, psychotherapy, Yes, classic. Everyone should go to to therapy. That's my personal opinion. And medications. Enough of that. Actually, I'm just going to read off their symptoms because I think they're pretty good too. Signs and symptoms depend on the type of dissociative disorders you have, but may include, I'm on a commercial, memory loss, amnesia of certain time periods, events, people, and personal information, a sense of being detached from yourself and your emotions, a perception of the people and things around you as disordered and unreal, a blurred sense of identity. Yeah, that's enough. That's good. So that's kind of like the gist of those types of disorders. You maybe have experienced some of those symptoms before. Obviously, I know that I have. For me, it only really 
happens for a short period of time, like maybe five minutes, maybe like, I don't know, I guess the most would be like three, four hours. So it's not like a consistent, consistent thing for me. It hasn't really happened to me in a while because I've been in a better headspace mentally. But when I was super depressed, not too long ago, I guess, like maybe three, four months ago, I would find generally speaking, that I was just like dissociated from my life and like the world around me. So for me, at least the more mild stuff that like I'm talking about is kind of like you feel very like blah about everything, like not necessarily really caring about what's going on around you. For me, it's like emotional detachment from whatever situation that I'm in. And when you're depressed, it's not like you really care about anything anyway. So it could be like a mix of just like intense depression. But I do believe there were times where I was very dissociated, where I would think to myself, like, I should feel this way right now. But like, I literally feel nothing and super rare for me because I'm like always feeling a million things at once. So that was kind of like a red flag to me. And of course, I reflected on it and I'm like, wow, I probably was dissociating. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the very first time that I had a dissociative experience. And luckily for me, it was the most intense one I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So just starting out real big, I guess. So I'll set the scene. I was like middle school, maybe early high school. Okay eighth grade year old me going to like this really huge haunted house that was in the area. So I went with a group of friends. I don't know. Let's say there was like five or six of us waiting this long line. There's like all this buildup because it's like super scary. And I don't know, there's like, I remember there being something like if you pee your pants, like you have to like re-go to the beginning. I don't know. They like, there was some vague threat about peeing your pants that I really remember because I was like, Please, God, do not let me pee my pants and embarrass the hell out of myself. Um, Okay, anyway, so I'm getting really worked up, like, in the line. I'm getting anxious. Didn't know this was anxiety at the time, um, but it was definitely anxiety that I was feeling. And, like, that anticipation, you know, all the good stuff. We finally get into the haunted house, and it's, like, obviously, like, one of the scariest haunted houses ever, whatever. Tons of like flashing lights, loud noises. I'm like clinging on to my friends because I'm terrified. And like, I think I literally was closing my eyes the whole time. I'm like such a wuss. I just was not, was not doing very well. And then suddenly, like out of nowhere, I just completely stopped caring. I became a zombie. It was so freaking weird. Because like I said, I'm a wuss, like I'm terrified and whatever. And then suddenly, like, I just was walking at like the front, like the six of us, me, like leading the pack, like going through this haunted house, which I knew in the moment too. I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so weird. Like, how come I just like literally don't care? And it's, I don't even know if it's like not caring, but it's just like, I didn't feel as if I was in a situation that I was actually in the way that I explained it to my friends because here's another thing I'm always verbalizing like the way that I feel with the people that I'm with if you know you know 
And I, during the haunted house, everyone's like freaked out and obviously like paying attention to what we paid for here. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I feel weird. I feel this. I feel that. And people are like, Annie, like, what do you shut up? Like we're enjoying, you know, the haunted house. Like I, I can't listen to anything you're saying. Meanwhile, I'm like trying to have some like intimate discussion, classic during the middle of this haunted house. But I remember like telling them and trying to explain to them how I was feeling. And I told them that I felt like I was not in control of my body. I was watching a video game or I was playing a video game character and I felt it's not like my vision changed like it's not like I'm like standing above myself suddenly and I can like see the room that way but I really felt that there was like a physical space between where my eyes normally would sit and see things versus like where they were I don't know how else to explain that I hope that was okay I also had absolutely no reaction to anything coming out and scaring us. I'm like sitting there stone cold, zombie faced, and all my friends are like screaming and like clinging on to each other. And I was just ready for it to be over because I was so freaked out by my behavior and nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And so I was just like honestly trying to walk as quickly as I could through it to just get out and like feel like I'm in a safe space again. Once we were out, I tried explaining to my friends again, like how I was feeling or what happened to me. And they all thought I was weird because they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I've never had that before. And so I felt weird, like on the outside. And I was also scared about it because I was still feeling that way. I just felt like so disconnected to the things happening around me. And I didn't understand what was happening to me. And I wasn't really sure if it would ever go away or is this just the way that I exist now and so I just like really wanted to you know get home and like be alone but that's also like my coping mechanism I just like to introvert like in my room and like I need space and so that's basically what I wanted to do after this experience it only ended up lasting like yeah three hours maximum and something else interesting is that I talked to my dad about it because I talked to him about literally everything And he told me that he had a similar experience when he was young. And so at the time, I was like, oh, maybe it's just like something I'll experience in my adolescence. I don't know. But hearing that my dad had also experienced it, like, made me feel better. Granted, we didn't know it was dissociation at the time. We both just attributed it to be like, we both just attributed it to being like overstimulated and having your brain just kind of like shut down and be like, nah, I'm good. Like, no more, please. And from that specific situation, I still do feel that way. I do think that's why I entered that dissociative state because there was so much going on. You know, the buildup, like I talked about, feeling super anxious in the moment, all the lights, all the sounds, feeling so scared and like clinging onto my friends, super anxious. And it's like almost that I reached a level of overstimulation that my brain was like, no more. I can't do this. And it completely shut off. And I feel that it is a protection mechanism. You just can't take it anymore. You don't have the capacity for this and to feel all these things right now. So like, we're done. We're just cutting it off. So maybe it's some type of like relief for your brain. Like, nah, like I'm good. (laughs) Two other parts of dissociation I just want to mention really quick is like 
depersonalization and derealization. And I experienced both of these things in that story I just told. So depersonalization is being outside of yourself, observing your actions, feelings, thoughts, and self from a distance as though watching a movie. Definitely how I felt. And then derealization is other people and things around you feel detached, foggy, or dreamlike. Time may feel sped up or slowed down, and generally speaking, the world feels unreal. Definitely felt this way too. Everything around me, like all the scary monster things, like I was able to like touch the actors and be just like completely unafraid. And it all felt fake. It was almost like I wanted to touch things because I was like, is this real? My brain was asking myself like, wait, am I alive right now? Or am I in a dream? Super, super interesting. If you haven't experienced this before, you're probably like, what the hell is going on? But if you have experienced this, hopefully this can, you know, help you feel like related to in some way, because I know that when I first had that experience, I felt super alone. So now I'm going to chat about kind of like my career in medicine and my current day-to-day life that kind of leads me to dissociate or detach from myself. When I first started medicine, like in real life, like in person, not just learning um, for the first years of medical school, but like being in the hospital, being on rotations, you see, uh, you know, some really sad, dark stuff. It's, It's kind of inevitable, you know, and I think it's important to experience those things when you're training so that, you know, when it's the real thing or like when you're the one who's finally in charge, you're better at reacting to it so that you can like think clearly. And so this kind of weaves into this hypothesis I have that as medical providers, you know, I guess I can speak for myself, so that's what I'll do. But I've slowly over time with each exposure to like something traumatic or something that's new and like, you know, makes me feel some type of way, I'm slowly learning how to not feel that and like how to separate myself from the patient and their experience and the situation. It's interesting because we call it like numbing, like, oh, you get used to it, you know, like whatever, it like won't affect you anymore. You see so many and it's fine, which is definitely true. I think, you know, you are getting used to it, but I think the reason you're getting used to it is because your brain has learned like how to dissociate at those times because it's like too much for us to handle. It's like if you allowed yourself to feel all those things, you would just be like burned out way quicker than (laughs) way quicker than most physicians burn out. You'd have like uh, 10 less years on you or something. So by the time that you are, you know, there and that really sad situation is happening, like giving CPR and like someone dies, you know, like that is really sad. I remember the first time that happened to me and I I think I cried. I went home and I ended up writing about it and obviously talking to people close to me about it because it was way more challenging than I thought it would be. Anyway, I just got off on a little tangent, I guess. But as medical providers, I think that our brain learns to dissociate from those situations. I definitely have noticed that I have begun to dissociate because it doesn't impact me as much anymore. And also sometimes I'll be like 
in the moment and something's happening and I'm like I ask myself like do you realize like what's going on here like like why do I feel nothing (laughs) it's a really bizarre feeling uh especially for me because I have so many feelings and I really like take on the emotions and the situations of things happening around me so when I'm in a really devastating medical situation it's interesting for me to like be sitting there in that moment and realize that I'm not affected by it it almost feels like a superpower like I'm like whoa like I can handle this like haha (laughs) but I think it's just like our brains learning to cope and learning when to turn that on I'm sure it is a mixture of like you know the numbing as well because like you get so used to it you've seen so many and I just wonder like maybe it is you know good for us as physicians as healthcare providers to like have that ability to you know numb in the moment and stuff but is it okay to like not feel as much empathy in those moments like when you're caring for your patient I always really try to put myself in the perspective of my patients and I like try to like empathize with them and you know make them like feel like they're cared about but at what point will we be so good at numbing that like we won't even be able to do that anymore does it like impact the healthcare that we're giving does it impact like the relationship between the patient and the physician food for thought let me know what you think if you feel like you have some answers to those hypothetical questions of mine I wonder if there's a way to like desensitize ourselves like undo the dissociating numbing thing that's super interesting maybe if you like take a break and then you come back it'll you'll feel a little bit more I don't know another great question for research right Okay, well, that is all I have for today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it, and I really appreciate your time coming and hanging out with me and listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. All of the transcripts for my website, (laughs) all of the transcripts for my podcasts are available on my website. So if you are hard of hearing, you can go there, and that will spell it all out for you. My website is emotionalmillennial.com. If you want to email me and reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. My email is theemotionalmillennial at gmail.com. So like T-H-E, emotionalmillennial at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. You are amazing. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. Goodbye.